Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Are you tired of your couches getting ruined? Oh, Grandpa. I made tinkles again. If you've got old people cluttering up your home, why not send them to Musty Pines? We'll help bring back dignity, and we promise it will be the best three months of their lives. They'll enjoy bingo, complaining, mumbling incoherently, skinny dipping and organ donation. And once a month, it's our famous Lucky Dip medication switching night. Musty Pines is located at a luxurious location overlooking Vice City's state-of-the-art sanitation facilities. You can still visit your old people, but now you have the comfort of knowing you don't have to. After they pass on to something better, guaranteed in three months or less, you can start enjoying their money. Finally, you can have quality family time again. Musty Pines. Now, you don't have to say goodbye. drive through service also available. Shut up and sit down. Welcome, everybody, to episode 365 of Third Shift. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Eric. And of course, as you very well know, there's another individual here because they're always here, almost always, pretty much always. It's the inglorious bastard himself, the man, the myth, the legend, the man who might be going to the stars, into space. Who knows? Will we see him again next week or is he going to be gone forever? I don't know. It's up in the air for sure. You know what I mean? That's Mr. Matt. He's here today with me. Now, today's going to be kind of weird, folks. All right? We got we got the usuals. Don't you worry about that. We do got the usuals, but it is going to be kind of different because we're kind of stacking stuff up to talk about as we go along. So just bear with us. You'll see what I'm talking about as we go through the show. And of course, the usual segment, Mr. Matt, is before we get going, hey, how's your week? What were you doing? And that was the one thing I was going to talk to you before we did the show and say, how do we want to do it? Do we want to do like the topic and the snippets? First, and then do the releases next because it's kind of a talk, but it's kind of a not. Do we want to just roll the talk into your week? Nope. I don't know. We're we're gonna go ahead. We're rolling the rolling the big meats up in the front, and you know what? The snippets. If if we talk too long, you know what? They'll just be quick snippets like they're supposed to be. And if we talk short, guess what? We'll talk more at length about them. And we'll have a great time. No matter what, we got a lot to talk about. So, Mr. Matt. Let's get started. What was, what was the week like? What'd you do? If you ask me before I opened the show notes what I did over the weekend, the answer would be I have no clue. I have absolutely no idea. And I opened the show notes and I went, oh yeah, there were two big wrestling events over the weekend. Saturday night was WWE Payback. Sunday night was AEW All Out. Both great shows. Good matches, good performers, all the good stuff. AEW All Out, I think, it exceeded expectations. Because literally last week, which I don't think I mentioned on the show, was all in, their giant show in London. And they were like, oh, yeah, actually, our, our Chicago show, which always happens around this time, is next week, too. And I went, how are you going to build to that? They built to it pretty well. And then the matches were just great stuff. They always have amazing matches. And Miro versus Hobbs, the meat match, meet forever. It was great. It was a great moment, a great show overall. Just fun wrestling times. Everybody knows I love wrestling. Two big events, bam, bam, back to back. Both great in different ways. Enjoyed it a lot. Now on to the video game front. Oh, speaking of enjoy it a lot, Spider-Man Remastered. I finished it. Well, I think I finished the main game last week. Finished all the DLCs. I'm ready for Spider-Man 2, which apparently, according to Twitter, is only like 43 days away. So I'm ready, right in the right time. I'm primed. And I went, okay, you got that. What's another game you got to start playing? You got to start doing? You got to start playing Sea of Stars. And I dove in and I went, oh man, look at them graphics. Oh man, look at that sound. Oh man, look at this battle system. And then I played more and more and more and more and more. And according to my PlayStation clock, I am 11 hours into this game. And I don't know if I like it. And I don't want to say like, oh man, it's a bad game or anything's wrong with it. But it's just not clicking with me. Like, the battle system's fun. I enjoy it. But everything in between it, it's just kind of... I'm just kind of going through it. I'm just... Hey, who's on an adventure? Okay. We gotta go fight that guy. Alright. We fought that guy. Alright, let's... Come on over here. Here's the big inciting incident. Oh, no. Alright, well... What are we gonna do after that? 
well, let's kind of go around and who do they do? I don't know. It's It feels too, just for me right now, for connection with me, a lot of it feels too lighthearted. Like I wanted it to start getting serious and it did, but it didn't. So I don't know. There's nothing I could say that's wrong with it. It looks great. It sounds great. It plays great. The boss mechanics are pretty fun. I enjoy the characters themselves, but it's just not gripping me. It's just not hanging on to me. And I don't know why. I can't specify why other than just that lighthearted tone. But we've played other games like that, like the Lunar games, which are great. Those are lighthearted too. I don't know. I like it, but I don't. But a game that I do like, that I'm really liking. Oh, I didn't expect to like it as much, but I'm so happy that I am. It's Starfield. And I've been playing that. I'm seven hours into it, according to my game save that I just checked before we got here on the show. And oh, baby. I'm loving it. It's... So much fun. I guess I'll talk about it in the releases. I don't know. That's how we're going to do it. That's how we'll do it. But man, woo. I, I can't go into specifics, but it's just so much fun. I'm loving every second of it. And that's it. That's all. I'm keeping it short this week because we got big stuff to talk about coming up next. Eric, how was your week this week? Well, by gosh, golly, in the real life, I went down south to Ohio visiting some family. We had a great time. We were going to Kings Island every day. We were riding ro- a lot of roller coasters. Having a good time. It was hotter than hell, though, mind you. The humidity and the heat itself, just blazing. Almost unbearable at some points. It was crazy. I looked like I was some kind of psychopath while I was at Kings Island. And I'm talking about, I'm there at 9.30 in the morning. Trying to just get in the morning, get in some rides, and get the hell out. Even then, I'm sweating buckets. Because if y'all know the stories over the years, I sweat from my head. So I'm over here just, just pouring down off my head and... I'm looking around, and I've said this before, but nobody else is doing this. Why do I have this curse of sweating from my head that nobody else apparently has? Everybody's high. You can see it. Everybody's, you know, fanning themselves, doing this and that. But they look like normal human beings. I have literal rivers of water, sweat, dripping down my head, falling onto my shoulders and off to the ground, dripping off my nose. I look like I'm about to die. I don't understand why I've been cursed with this. It bugs me. I hate it. But that is what I look like. And, of course, my, my girls, you know, they love to, Oh, Daddy, you look crazy. Wee! So, you know, they love to keep pointing it out as we're, you know, in line for these coasters and getting stuff done. So it's a bummer. That part's a bummer. But the rides were great. The kids loved it. We had a good time with it. Visiting families, always, a you know, hoot and holler. Then, of course, while I was there... I played a little game too, Matt. All right? And it was called Destiny 2. <laughs> yes, indeed. So I got back in, you know, my brother-in-law, whom I'm visiting, is, you know, big Destiny head now. I'm the one who got him into the game in the first place, which is kind of funny how he's still the crazy Destiny head, and I've kind of fallen out, and I just kind of drift along and do stuff, but never really get back into it. So he convinced me to get this one because Crota's uh, and Braid apparently come out, new season, all the stuff. So I got in there and I played a little bit, did some intro missions. And I'm like, yeah, this is fun. I enjoyed this. I already know the outcome of how everything's going to go because I always complain about it every season when this happens. So that was one of the games I played. And the only other game I played while I was you know, down there was a little game called Sea of Stars. Now Matt just told you, he said, you know, it's, everything's great. You're right, Matt. The music's great. Graphics, fantastic. Everything else, just fantastic. Right up everyone's old school RPG alley. Matt, apparently, is not liking the light school story. For me, clicking. Just clicking. This is exactly what I wanted. Just a, just a light-hearted, just adventure romp. You know, there's nothing serious. And, and even when there is, it's not because the game just presents everything. So, you know, just light-hearted and fluffy. And I'm digging it. I just... I'm in the mood for that. I feel like I'm just there. I'm like, you know what? Let's have fun. I don't care about this. I don't care about that. I don't need my brother to be dead and my girlfriend to be murdered. I'm just, I don't need any of that right now. Real life is depressing enough at the moment. Let's have this fun. Let's go on this lighthearted adventure. These two solstice warriors having a good time, learning who they are and what they want to be. And I'm not quite as far as Matt. Uh, I got, I'm a little bit before he is. I know it's about to happen. I already, you know, can guess what the big catastrophic thing's going to be and what happens with it. But I did, I had a moment. And, and the game so far, real easy. I haven't had any issues. Been kind of smoking through it. But I got to this necromancer boss, and she just smoked me. 
absolutely completely smoked me. And I went, what the hell just happened? I haven't even paid attention to this game up to this point. Just smoking through rounds, not even paying attention. And I got rocked. So I'm like, I don't know if I probably just didn't pay attention to what I should have been doing. I was just, you know, assuming it was going to be an easy round and wasn't killing what I needed to kill. Because if you don't know this, this you know the boss. It's got a flesh bag and a bone bag, I think, or whatever. And it creates things out and of it. And it creates things. Well, I, I wasn't killing those two bags. Mm. So the enemies were spawning, and, and it got out of control, and she kept doing this acid rain or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, I got, I got wrecked. So I went, oh, okay. Well, maybe I should actually pay you know some attention to what the hell I'm doing. So I'm sure I'll beat it the next time I play it. But at that point, I turned it off, and that's where I was when I stopped. So... You said it. It's super easy. And when it's super easy and super lighthearted, my brain just kind of switches off. And I felt like that's what I was doing. I I didn't have problems with the boss, but like every battle I go through, I never heal myself. I just go, okay, whatever. And I roll up into the next battle with all three characters in the red zone. I just go, oh, whatever. Oh, he dropped. Oh, she dropped. Okay. Well, now I'll use a heal on myself. And I, I mean, I do love and appreciate that the KO status isn't like a permanent thing. You don't it's have like to a use two, an item. It's like a two-turn thing, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, it's two yeah. turns, and then like if you get downed more, it adds on more stars. Mm-hmm. But I do love that. But at the same time, it makes it not a problem. I go into so many battles, and oh, he's almost dead. Oh, they're going to go for him. Bloop, they did. Okay. Oh, well. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. It's will be back up. Yeah, it's one of those weird things. Like I don't resent it because I like the system, but it just makes me just, meh, 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 meh. I don't know. It's It's... It's bizarre. I don't know why I'm not connecting with it because that system sounds cool, but at the same time, it just it makes combat not mean anything to me in my brain. You, you know what I mean? I don't know. Well, that's what I was thinking at first, but like I said, I just got smoked by this boss because I wasn't paying attention and doing what they wanted me to do. So you can actually die, I guess, if you're just like, oh, I'll just hit the main boss. I'm not going to worry about anything else. Oh, God, I'm dead. Okay, well, next time... Probably get rid of those little sacks that way. You don't get a bunch of ads on top of her doing her acid rain and whatnot over and over again. But I enjoyed it. I had a great time. I'm having a great time for sure. Okay, the only other thing I will jump in and say, I don't want to mm-hmm. monopolize it, but there's a boss later. And you know how there's the, the lock-breaking mechanic, which I don't think we mentioned on the release when we talked about it, how if you hit certain enemies will be loading up an attack and you got to hit them with three moons and two mm-hmm. sword slashes and then you can break them and they don't do the attack at all. Yeah. Coming up after the whole thing, there's a boss that I was fighting and every turn he would come up with a one-turn countdown on that. So normally you have one or two or three actions to break the lock. And he would have six moons. Okay, I can do that with a moon ring. And two slashes and two something else. So it's literally impossible to do. Mm-hmm. And this boss, since he's a boss, okay, I broke his six moons. It didn't decrease his power at all. No. So I'm like, what? What's the What's the point of this? It's impossible. And even when I do it, I don't know. So maybe that's one of the things that kind of turned me off. I didn't die on him. I didn't have a problem with him. But it was just kind of like. But the mechanic was kind of. Here's what you can do. But I can't do that. And the piece that I can do doesn't matter. So maybe that was kind of, I was kind of sliding down and then that slipped me down one more little step. And I was just like, ah, meh, meh, meh. But I'll tell you what, I don't care about any of that period. The environments are wonderful. I mean, everything is so magical, so colorful. I just love the vibrant world and the music that accompanies it. It's just fantastic. It puts me right back in the old days, playing them RPGs, sitting around upstairs in my boiling attic, playing over and over and over again right back there it gives me the feels it does what it needs to do having a great time with it and of course i've played this little game starfield and did like uh i don't know i'm not far i think i only did like two hours in it and this other little game boulders gate 3 i think i've only i don't know maybe a couple hours into that that's about it that's all i've done of course without further ado man we move on to video game releases, which is kind of a weird thing because, especially for the Bulge Gate 3, I've already talked about it release-wise, but that's not why it's in the release. It's released for a different reason because it needs to be there for reasons. But before we get there, Matt, Starfield, you said that's your release? What's going on? That is my release because it was officially released as of the 6th or the 5th at night when I played it, or the weekend before, if you had early access and all that stuff, development published by Bethesda, PC and Xbox. Everybody knows all the stuff. 
And I won't do this like a normal release because even today, Mm-mm. I went on YouTube and I went, okay, I've been media blackout on this pretty much. I don't haven't been listening to reviews. I just want to play it for myself. And I went, today, I'm going to hear some stuff so I can talk to the people about how cool it is to build a ship or an outpost because I haven't gotten to that part yet. And I put into YouTube search, Starfield Review. And everybody knows, everybody knew this was going to be a polarizing game for a multitude of reasons. And I looked at the first thing that came up in the search and went, Starfield sucks. Why? It's terrible. Okay. Second one, why Starfield's the game of the generation. Okay. And it continued on like that. So I went, okay, I can't do it. I'm on a different camper. I'm not this kind of guy. So all I'm going to do is tell you my time with it and the fun that I've been having with it. And I'm telling you, for some reason, because I play higher resolution games on my PS5 here with my nice 144 hertz, 144p monitor, and I played Starfield on my Series S on my 1080p TV in the living room, from the moment I booted it up, I was in awe. I, even just in the cave segment, I went, man, these people and their equipment, it looks really good. This cave looks really good. And then you get to a part where you're outside and ships are coming in and ships are flying away. And maybe it's because I told Eric this off air, I got some really nice isolating headphones. So when I'm playing Starfield, I'm in Starfield. It looks so good. It sounds so good. For some reason, the vastness of these open areas I was in, it hit me. You go to the first big town. I spent five minutes just walking through the town looking up like you would as a gawker tourist. Just, wow. Whoa, cool. And then my favorite thing happened. I walked past a person, you know, two people talking. They went, hey, did you hear about the uh, power shortages down in the undercity down there? Oh, yeah, that sounds really weird. Plink, plink up in the corner. It said, quest objective. Go find out about the brownouts in the undercity. And I went, yeah. And I also went, yeah, because I knew Eric would hate it. Because it's adding stuff into your quest log without you even having to pick it up. And then I walked by another guy and he said, man, I went to get a drink from Susie and she was complaining about this. Plink, 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 plink. Up in the upper left-hand corner, there it is again, another quest. Another quest, another quest, another quest. And it gets me so excited. Because everywhere I've gone, I am seven hours in, like I said. I have not even exhausted the quest in the first city that I land in. I mean, I've been off planet for one quest because it asked me to go there and come back, but I haven't even left the intro area yet. And every single place that I go, it explodes with quests and not in just like a walk to the board and see, hello, I'm Susie. Hello, I'm Ralph. Hello, come talk to us and just follow waypoint straight there. It feels good to walk into a store or a bar or whatever. Oh, I'm going to talk to this guy. And he mentions some little problem that he's got. And I go, oh. Oh, what can I help you with? Okay, he's got a problem that deals with this faction and picked up a quest from this other faction person. So these two I can probably tie together. It's happened like three or four times now. And I'm like, yeah, this is what I want. And every big story character you talk to, oh, they can tell you all about their backstory. And you go through this big, long dialogue exchange and it just feels good. It feels right. It's what I wanted. I can't wait to get to the part where I'm going to other different planets and experiencing their cities and their quests and their things and building up my ship and putting outposts down because I haven't even done much. You know, I haven't even had any combat outside of the first segment where you go and do the Crimson Raider thing or whatever they're called, the Crimson Fleet thing. Mm -hmm. And because of the backstory and the traits that I got, I talked my way out of that, which was a ton of fun, instead of having to do the shooting, even though I thought the shooting felt pretty good. And the conversation system, it's... Not exactly my cup of tea, but it still feels good when you get it. And then I'm leveling up my skills. I'm adding in skill points. I'm getting better at those things. I'm augmenting my... Oh, God. It's so good. I love it. I'm just loving it. That's it. That's all. So Matt's loving it, and I'm liking it. All right? So this is where it gets weird, because we're going to jump in. We'll have a little conversation about Starfield. This is where Starfield... I told you I played only a couple hours of it. Matt's got seven-ish. He's in love with it, going crazy. I, of course, came in... And from the word go, I was fine with it. Nothing wrong. You know, I was like, all right, cool. Got into this part where it's like, hey, now go to your menu. All right. Now, mind you, I was shutting it off, so I didn't really pay attention to that part. And this is in the very early. So I come back on, and we're at the door to go out into the thing we need to go. But since it already told me what I was supposed to do, it wasn't bringing it back up. So I'm wandering around now looking, what am I supposed to do? How come we can't progress out of this door? What is happening? I don't get it. 
took me forever to get to the point where I figured out you had to go to a menu, go to your helm, put a helm on because apparently you didn't have a helm on. So then finally put the helm on and then they're like, oh, now you got the helm on. Now we'll go outside and meet this individual. So we did that. Fine. Got there. Fun interaction with said individual. Another thing happened, the Crimson Raider thing like you talked about happened. Hey, here's some shooty shoots. Have fun. Shooting was fine. Not the best ever, but it was fine. It worked really well. It was pretty smooth. No problems. Had a good time with it. Okay. I'm driving. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Hey, go to the thing. You're going to be the next thing, but you do stuff. Okay, fine. Let's do that. Seems really weird that you're doing all this for me, but okay. Let's go. Hey, go to this thing. You got to stop the thing like you're talking about. Okay, we'll do that. Bang, bang, boom, boom, boom. Searching. Oh, hey, you want this coffee mug? Do you want this piece of toilet paper? Do you want this this bucket? You do. Do you want this notebook? Do you want you this? Do. And I'm like, oh, no. I, I knew it was there. I knew it was going to be there. It's a Bethesda game. But I'm like, no. No. I don't like any of this. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't want it. Especially since, let me check. Oh, look, encumbered. Yep, you can get encumbered. Oh, boy. There it is. That's the beauty of it. I stole every the Crimson Fleet thing, just like we talked about. I stole everything in there, every single thing. And then I got to the end, talked my way out of the thing. Oh, fast travel back to your ship. Okay. Can't fast travel because you're over encumbered. Oh, no. Robot, come here. Dump garbage. on. Now, here's, here's the other thing, too. Dumped all the stuff on the robot, got back, and did all the things. Great. But what I loved in that segment, because you're rolling around with your robot friend. That's not really a spoiler. You've seen the robot. He has, for me at least, when I was playing through it, he has some really timely little interjections, like perfect robot interjections. Like I started up combat, and he went, hey, engaging in combat increases the likelihood of human death. Just totally deadpan, just robot voice. And it was just, it made me laugh. It made me chuckle. And getting back to the point of why I got to this, you know, picking up everything grabbing everything. I grabbed some heavy thing, put it in my inventory, and he chirped up, it is foolish to walk around with so many objects. Yeah, it is, but that's that's what we do. That's how we do it. That's what this is. Yes. No, it's and then you not. sell it all because, no. then you sell it all because, here's the kicker. You know, you choose a background, which gives you three starting skills. And for people who say, oh, there's no stealth or no pickpocketing, well, you chose the wrong starting setup. If you wanted that, you would need to get those. But one of the skills you can get is commerce. How do you level up your commerce skill? By buying or selling a certain number of unique items. I got so excited. I was in somebody's apartment, sneaking around, and I went, oh, there's an empty toilet paper tube. I haven't sold that yet. Gimme. Oh, here's a toilet paper roll. I haven't sold that yet. Gimme. Oh, there's, I'm in a kitchen. Oh, there's a pot. There's a mixing bowl. There's a pan. There's a pan lid. There's a, there's a spoon. There's a fork. I haven't gotten any knives yet. Oh, but this is a different knife. Oh, I'm in somebody's office and I sold the blue stylus pen, but here's a red one and here's a black one. Gimme, 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 gimme. Oh, it feels so good. It's everything you could ever want. It's all the worst things. Oh, baby. Wow. (laughs) It's the worst stuff in the world. It's so bad. I hate it. I hate it so much. Oh, hey, hey, guess what? You've got this Skinchel gun, but it's got the silencer on it. Oh, that's cool. Oh, but now there's a submachine gun that you could pick up. Well, I can't because it made me encumbered. So I got to, which one do I want? I got to leave one behind. Oh, you picked up too much ammo. You're encumbered. Well, I guess I'm ditching these two guns and I guess I'm going to drop all these things I randomly grabbed. It's so stressful. It is so stressful to me to pick up this stuff and not be able to keep this stuff and have to get rid of crap constantly. All right, okay. You know what, Eric? Play this strategically. Be like you was back in the day. You know, sharp mind. I need to stay alive. I'm not here for coffee mugs. I'm not here. This isn't an RPG for fun. You're here to survive, bro. You need ammo, and you need some couple cool weapons to keep your butt alive. So going into that mode, I did better because I started ignoring everything. I, I didn't grab shit. I left it all on the tables, left it all on the things, went, nope, none of this matters, I don't care about it, I understand everyone collects these coffee mugs and sells them for money and does this and does that, getting all these credits to do stuff, I don't care, I can't play it that way, I have to focus, it was much better for me. Then, I kept running out of ammo, you know, I'm, I'm tired of running out of ammo, this is, this is irritating, because the menu system is so clunky. You go in the menu system, then you gotta hold down, and you gotta click the button, then you gotta go to the weapon, then you gotta equip said weapon, put the weapon on. Don't get me started on the map thing. The map thing, I, I think I'm like stalling out, so I'm like, let's go to the star map. 
click, 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 click. Why is it just not moving? Click, 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 click. All of a sudden, I'm like three maps deep into the map system because I'm being anxious and not being patient. But anywho, all right. You know what we'll do? We'll go melee. Dude had an axe. So I went, you know what? Pick up that axe. Let's just go melee. Let's go nuts, Eric. You know, that's what we'll do. I was having a great time. I was just axing people down. Don't you, don't you shoot me all you want. Because it was pretty generous, you know, getting hit and, you know, the med kits you can find, they're all over the place. So I wasn't really having any trouble that all of a sudden I'm having a good time. I don't need your stupid ammo. I don't need no guns. I'm just going to axe everybody to death. You know what? I'll get big swords later in the game, whatever it is, laser beam swords. I'm sure there's a laser sword somewhere and I'll get that. Happy again. Having a good time. Then I get to the guy you're talking about, man. Let's have a conversation. I won that conversation. Didn't have to fight him, didn't do it. I have no flipping clue how, though. It was, here, I'll just choose this one? Yeah, you're really convincing me. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I, then I clicked another one. You're really driving my patience and I ain't got time for you. And I'm like, okay. But seriously, you should just give it to me. You're right. I'm just going to give it to you. And I'm like, huh? But you just said you were about to kill me because I was wasting your time. But now we made it. Okay. I guess. Whatever. We we made it. That's cool. I, I'm happy with that. I will say the conversation system is weird. Because you have like the, the slots on the bottom. And then mm-hmm. the amount of conversation tries plus you get. Plus one, plus three, plus five. Yeah. But it's like you have three dialogue options to fill up the bars. It feels weird to have to say three different things to fill up three bars. I mean, you can just say one, and you do get it, but if it doesn't flow very well. I'd rather just have a, you know, persuade 75% mm-hmm. check, like in Outer Worlds or Fallouts or... Baldur's Gate. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. But I've leveled that up, so I succeed a little better, but then I've also unlocked in the second tier of that, you can unlock bribery. Mm-hmm. So that... Gives me even more options, which gives me lots of plus fives, but they cost credits. But since I sell everything that I pick up, I have a million credits. So it's, and then I know, I think two tiers down from that, you can't see the details, but there's another persuasion thing. So I'm like, you know, I feel like it's strange right now, but as you level it up, especially like I said, with one extra tier in that bribery perk, you can't just basically make it go away. Because what what I did in that quest, I had to go off world. You have to convince a lady to give you a thing. And since I unlock bribery, it's like three different instances. You can bribe her this amount, this amount, or like when you start off, you can just be like, thunk, coins on the desk, give it. And I'm sure they could still say no, but it worked for me. She was like, okay, hey, whoa, whoa, take it, take it away, just bring it back. And I went, yeah, this is this is it. It's good. It's good. This is it. So yeah, that part was a little awkward for me. I didn't really. I won it, but don't. The conversation just kind of didn't mesh up the way it needed to to make it like I feel like I won it. I was like, correct. I don't know. I feel like I just did dice rolls, but you didn't explain it. Kind of like I just went, I just won. There we go. We're moving on, having a great time. Then, of course, got to New Atlantis. And before that, I should say, the space combat, great time. Love that. I was like, oh, this is fun. I can definitely get down with this. The rockets, the lasers, the the standards, you know, it was all great. The only thing I feel weird about is the uh, the throttle up and down the left stick mm-hmm. that kept tripping me out. Like I'm like, oh, I need to dive, throttle up. Well, hang on, mm-hmm. got to rewire the brain. Like I want throttle yeah. to be on a trigger. But like you said, enjoying it. Haven't done much other than that one, but had a ball with it. Yeah, so far it was pretty cool. I could see where the fun will come in, especially when you get upgraded ships and you can start messing around with that. So I had no complaints there. Get to New Atlantis, and that's where it kind of went sideways again. Because it's just like you said, I'm walking, and like, what just happened? Here, you can go do the thing. And I'm like, I don't even know where I'm at yet. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. I have no idea what the story is yet. Here's another thing. Oh my god. Oh god. Getting to the getting to the actual area. I, like, I got to beeline this. I got. I can't look around. Nope. We're not doing this. Beeline. Go to the mission. Get there, finally. Starts to make sense. They're like, oh, this is who we are and what we're doing. Things happen. They're like, okay, cool. We're going to be best mates. You're going to come with me. And I went, okay, that makes sense. Let's follow this path. But because of the ability to just grab random things that you didn't even ask for that are just happening, and then, of course, the fact with everything, it's, I like it. I enjoy this. It's really cool. I, I think this has potential. 
But I'm like, this has that same overwhelming feeling I'm, I got from the old open world games. I'm like, oh, I'm scared. There's too much happening. I, I need to focus on this thing. Only one thing. I can't pay attention to nothing else. And I will say, because we did mention it, in the quest log, a lot of that side stuff, it shows up under like activities. It's like a little mm-hmm. triangle symbol. And your main stuff is under the constellation symbol. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I've been doing this, that, and every single thing. But I do appreciate that at least it's it's not broken up to just say main quest, side quests, and activities. But you can kind of filter it by who you're working for or, or what you're going towards. I do like that. Yeah. So, for sure, this – I was hoping that this was going to turn out to be something I could just dismiss entirely. But unfortunately, I did have good enough time with it where I was entertained. I had fun. I enjoyed it for the most part, you know, with the little caveats here and there. Will will melee end up being something I can do? Probably not. I'm probably going to have to figure, you know, get the guns and do the thing. But right now, you know what? Melee is going to work, by gosh, by golly, with maybe a, a shotgun as a side or something. I'll basically cyberpunk it. Shotgun as a side, swords in hand. There we go. No big beef, no problems. Having a good time with it. But of course, unlike Matt, where he's going to make this his main one, I'm going to sideline this one because I still enjoy Sea of Stars and I want to finish that for sure. But the other game, Matt, Bowler's Gate 3, that came out too. I've already done a release on this one, which is why I was saying it's a little weird. But I got to put it here because it just released for the PlayStation 5, of course. So you can get it right now. And that's what I was waiting for. Right now for the PlayStation 5, and I did, and I got a couple hours into this one. And I'll tell you, oh my gosh, the narrator in this is just fantastic. Like, I love the narration. I love that feeling. I feel like I'm on a D&D campaign. I'm just in it, having a good time. Every time I touch or do something, the narrator chimes in and is like, hmm, with a timid hand, they touched this source of magic. What would it do? And, you know, it's just all that is just so much fun. feels so good. Graphics, wonderful. Music so far, pretty good. You know, nothing like, whoa, my God, I'll remember this forever. But it, it fits the theme and it fits the environments so far. Like I said, I'm not far into it. And, of course, I've met Sharon and uh, Isamal, what's her name? Uh, the guy thick chick, she's crazy, she's mean. You know, I'm going to make her like me just because she's so mean to me. So I have to make her like me now. But anywho, I've met them too. We've done, we went through all sorts of craziness, happened to this, gone to this, got into this crash landed on an area. And now I'm, I'm going through this, Matt. And every freaking thing I do is insane. Every decision, everything, there's an outcome for it. And sometimes it's sharp. Like, it, oh, you chose to touch this. Well, here's what happened. And it just, whoop. And you're like, oh, I didn't, I'm trying to get used to this gameplay where everything you do, there's an action and a consequence. Instead of like old school, you know, just regular RPGs, you know, whatever, I'll steal everything, grab whatever I want, do what I want. I don't have to worry about nothing. This game, everything you do, somebody's paying attention, somebody's watching. And just last night, for example, I played for an hour straight, and I'm rolling through here, I'm talking to Sharon, I'm talking to What's-Her-Face, and we're, we're trying to get to this village. Whom, mind you, I've convinced these uh, these guys I saw earlier that we're okay and you know, it's fine to tell us where this place is and everything else. Once again, cool roll checks you got to go through. Great time. I loved it. Got a critical success. Then we get to this place and there's a bunch of monsters attacking. And I'm like, well, I got to help these folks out. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to, but I'm going to. Spend a bunch of time on this combat because combat's pretty slow. So I spent a bunch of time getting through this whole battle, this whole thing. I'm on the last baddie. He's right with these two individuals. I'm like, all right, I got one more spell I got to cast. We're going to move on with this. I cast Ice Spike or something like that. I think it was called Ice Spike. And it freaking splash damaged one of the dudes. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, you want to fight? We'll murder you too. And they're freaking on me, trying to murder me now. And I'm like, no, I was... You could visibly see I was helping you this entire fight. One mistake, one splash damage goes on to one of them, and now they want to murder me. They don't want to let me in the village. They don't want to do nothing. And I said, no, this can't happen. This can't happen. I shut it off. I'm I'm a scumming. I'm a scumbag (laughs) because I can't do it. I can't let that happen. It's not going down this way. I'm getting into that village, and I'm becoming friends with these folks, 
man, I'm not letting it go that right. I just can't. But I just, I literally just gave up like a 15 minute battle just because one piece, one splash damage ruined everything. And that's what I was telling you, hinted at work. Everything I've encountered in this, one critical error, one mistake, one overlook, and you can get wrecked. You can get jacked. And it goes the other way, too. You make one decision, you have no idea what you're actually doing, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, I love you. I'm going to give you all my money. And you're like, oh, sweet. Woohoo. And the same with the roles in general. Numerous times now. All right, you need like a five to succeed. And I'm just like, I don't care. Get my advantages, too. I'll just bust critical critical success. And they're like, here, you can just have my armor. I'm like, yes, all right. And it feels so good when you get it. And then the opposite of that, though. You need like an eight to succeed. I'll be fine. Eight, boop, roll four, fail. Now you're fighting these three dudes at once. Oh, man. Can I just do this over, maybe? No, you can't. If you do everything over, you're never playing this game all the way through. You can't. You have to just accept the fact that rolls are going to go good, rolls are going to go bad, choices are going to get made. But in this one, like I just told you about, I'm like, I can't do this. This town, this is, it's, it's hitting home. I'm about to have this town against me for no reason. And it feels too close to an old game I played a long time ago where I was a hero of the town and then they hated me and kicked me out. I don't want it to happen. But it's been great. I've I've loved it. And of course, talking to these characters already, there's like so much mystery going on, Matt. Where like, why do you have this is a real easy one? It's super beginning. Sharon, she has like this object she keeps you know hiding from you and like grabbing up when you meet her. And and you're just, you could try to pry and see what it is and make her tell you. Do all, and I'm playing, I'm trying to play the cool guy though. I'm like I don't know you know. Obviously, I can see you're trying to like keep this down low. I'm not gonna bring it up. Is that gonna bite me in the butt later? Probably. Probably is. But for right now, I'm trying to play it cool. And it's these early decisions that are going to lead to something either really good for me, bad for me. Who the hell knows? But I love that. I love the fact that this already, just in the beginning two hours of this game, there's stuff happening and relationships I'm building with these two, you know, these two ladies that I'm like, I'm going to see this later on. And the fact that with Sharon, I don't know how it goes in any other timeline, but you don't even have to save her. She's learning a thing, and it's like, do you want to just leave her, or do you want to save her, or do you want to talk to your other, the other one about saving her? Which turns out she wants her just to die and doesn't give a crap. But that I learned that later. But at the time, I was like, no, of course we're gonna save her. Why would I leave her behind? But it's the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, she's like, she'll remember this. But you know that usual mass effect. She's going to remember this, and, and then she's gonna remember. She's gonna remember that. And you're like, oh my god, it's all building up. Oh, for better or for worse, they're either liking me or hating me. Here we go. And I wish I could speak to Baldur's Gate 3 because I've been looking forward to it so much, and now it's here, and I literally own it because I, pre- I pre-ordered it, but now it's, there's too much. Maybe I'll bounce between Starfield and Baldur's Gate 3, but it feels like I, I can't do it because they're both similar and they're both big in many ways because, I look back to my Starfield for a bit, I've started becoming a safe scummer too. All right, I know I'm working with this crew, so I'm going to get into their back area here. But there's a guard standing right there behind an authorized personnel-only door. Okay, well, well I'm, I should be good. I, I save. Go in. Okay, fine. The lady I had to go talk to. All right, well, I just got bribed, but I don't want to spend credits. I need my money. Let's try and do the persuasion game. It didn't work. Oh, now I can't talk to her anymore. I have to steal. And I have a companion that doesn't like stealing. Uh, reload to the autosave, which is before I landed on the planet. That's fine. That's fine. Here, bribe. Why win? You know, I'm never that guy, but it's turning me into that guy because everything's got to be just the way I want it. Just it's got to be. It's got to be right. It's got to be good. Story's got to work. It's got to work. And now that's where I don't know whether I draw the line or not. Do I? Do I draw the line at situations? Maybe I'll save scum. Like that just happened. Like that was completely accidental. I didn't mean for that to happen. Right. But for like conversations and things I say to the, my teammates and, and let that stand because I'm saying what I would say. You got to deal with what you'd say. Yeah. You know, I feel like maybe I'm not cheating by doing that. But I didn't want to hit the other person with my in, in, incidental damage and, and cause that. So it's like that's not fair. I didn't know that was a thing that could happen. Oh, now I'll be more careful and I won't hit him. Or if I do and it's an accident, who cares? I'm going to redo it because that's not what I want. But if I go, 
sure, Jaquil, I'll, I'll go help you here. And then all of a sudden it turns out I go into a, a trap and, you know, it's all hard. No, I made that decision. I mm-hmm. thought it would be a great idea to help. So I think that's where I'll try to draw the line unless maybe it, like, completely kills off, like, my main character, you know, my best character I love so much. Then I, I'd have to reconsider. Gosh, I'd be I'd be too tempted, especially especially like dialogue option rolls. When I'm putting on my my advantages that give me say a plus seven, I need a nine, and I still rolled a one. Like it could, like come on, like how come how on, could you really? how could you not just be like well my my last auto save was 15 minutes ago, but come I on, I could for sure succeed and get the yeah. answer I wanted and keep moving with this. This narrative. I could say exactly what I wanted and get the results of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's, it's a tough. It's tough. I, I don't. I don't say it's bad to save scum. That's what the way you want to play. And maybe I'll end up that way completely. We'll see. We'll see how the story goes. Because I definitely want to have my story, but I do want there to be some of that mystery and just not knowing what's going to happen next. And sometimes things turn for the worse or turn for the better. I want that mystery and that fun that goes with it. So I'll probably try to play a hybrid game of it. But that's the game I'm going to stick to for now. I already told Matt prior, though, I worry about both of these games, to be honest with you, because they're so large, they're so big, and I don't know if I'll make it through either or all the way through because they're two games I don't typically play. You know, I don't play the CRPG stuff very often, and I don't play the open-world crazy stuff very often either. So it's like, well, they're both great, and they're both fun, and I'm enjoying them, but... These aren't typically my big go-tos, so I'm hoping I can make it all the way through, but we'll find out. Only the future can tell. I know right now I'm jazzed and I really want to get back in and play, but we'll see how the how the world works, you know? And you just mentioned it. I'm worried, too. I'm worried that I won't get to Baldur's Gate 3 this year because I have this, and then in October, Spider-Man comes out, and something else we're going to talk about later comes out, and then November, Super Mario RPG Remake comes out, and all these other games that I have. But it does feel good. I am happy right now. That Starfield has hooked me as much as it did. I've been loving a bunch of games I've been playing, but it feels different and it feels good. I play it with a big smile on my face and I go, yeah, I'm just having a conversation with characters. I got a big smile. So it feels good. I'm glad I'm hooked in that. I'm glad Baldur's Gate is getting its hooks in you and Sea of Stars also. You know, it's a good time to be a third shift video gamer. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, indeed it is. And then, of course, you want more good times. Well, Gearbox says, hey, I got your back. They went, we're going to release Borderlands Pandora's Box. And it's got pretty much everything except for uh, Borderlands Wonder, you know, Wonderlands in it. It's got uh, pre-sequel, one, two, three, the whole nine yards, the t- uh, new tales from the Borderlands in it, all there, and all the DLCs, man. Yep. And, of course, it was, what, $159, but for a limited time only, unspecified how long? It's only $59.99. Am I right on that? I didn't see that it was supposed to be one fifty nine, but yeah. I did. I did see the it's cheaper than a regular game would be, and you get an infinite amount of content here. Not infinite, but basically an infinite amount of content. I mean, we talked about it when it was a rumor. It's a great deal, especially if you get it for that fifty nine ninety nine price tag. There's nothing else to say. It's great. It's a good deal. If you're if you're missing out on some of the Borderlands games, there's no reason you shouldn't pick this up because you're getting all of them in one big kick, one big go. And then of course, on top of that all, if they I don't know exactly how it works, so make sure you go research this yourself. But if you own one or a certain amount of those titles already, you get a discount and you only have to pay like a percentage of that to get this package. I think it's like thirty thirty something dollars or something like that. So that's pretty cool, too. That's got to be like on Steam or on other similar things, right? Because there's no way PlayStation it, it, Network is going to let you do that. Yeah, I don't know if it's for everything or just PC. Like I said, you're going to have to research that yourself. I didn't go check it out. I just saw it like a glimpse sometime today, and I was like, well, that's really cool, and that's mm. a great thing to do. So make sure you check that out if you're interested because you might actually get it even cheaper if you already own some of those titles. But, yeah, pretty damn cool, right? Absolutely. And another thing you should check out if you're interested, and I didn't do my due diligence. I haven't checked it out yet. There's a new 10-episode limited series podcast that the Borderlands people are putting on. I know at least the first episode has dropped, which was, I think, Randy Pitchford and Mikey Newman talking about how they brought up Borderlands. So if you're interested in the story of Borderlands, and I mean, that sounded like the story of the first game, but they've mentioned in a lot of the preview stuff that it will be actually like 
details on the stories of the games, not like just how they were developed, but like lore and all that stuff. So if you're interested, go check that out. The first one kind of sounded like what we've seen before from the previous Gearbox podcast. So I didn't check that one out, but if I hear some good stuff about it, maybe I'll check it out some more too. And it's more Gearbox news and Gearbox people talking about Gearbox stuff, so we got to mention it, you know? Yeah, I'm for sure going to go listen to it. But i got to ask the question, why would you not just come over here? Why not come to Third Ship? Good question. We'll talk to you about it. We'll put on a whole thing. We'll have a great time. You ain't got to worry about nothing. We can have a 10-episode arc of Third Shift. Hey, look, it's the Gearbox Echo Cast. Ijutuji can come back if you did this, folks. Come on now. Could have been a thing. Just reach out. Talk. We'll get there. We'll do the thing. We'll have a great time. Hell, we've always said, well, these days we got to get down there just to do a show in their actual podcast show, mm-hmm. you know, just to, just to be there, just to have a great time with it. So I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it for sure and then, of course, keep up with it. But as of this moment, I have not listened to that first episode just because there's so much going on and, of course, visiting family, this and that. Been busy. So, and, of course, sticking with the Gearbox, this is a bit of unfortunate news, actually, and... We're going to have a topic on this at some other time, not today, because Embracer, as you all know, bought up Gearbox. They bought up a whole bunch of folks, in fact. And we just learned that uh, due to the fact that the agreement with the Saudi Arabian folks didn't go through, Embracer didn't get that huge, big, multi-billion dollar chunk that they were supposed to get to finance them through the next few years, they came out and said, hey, look, we didn't get it. It didn't come uh, out the way we wanted it to. We're now going to have to do some shifting and moving of pieces and assets, which, of course, if you don't know, that means layoffs. That means shutting down studios. That means this and that. Gearbox Publishing got hit. I don't know the exact specs on it, but uh, they went ahead and laid off uh, several folks from the Gearbox Publishing team, which to me is insane and weird. Because the Gearbox side has been putting out products. It's been putting out games. It is your probably one of your safest, most structured uh, developers you've got in your lineup. So why would you go hit them right off the bat and not some of the other really strange and offshoot you know, developers and tangents you got? Really oddball to me, especially since Homeworld's like, you know, right around the corner and there's been this big push for that. And then, of course, there's a lot of other tiny, you know, Gearbox published games that have been popping. I don't know how well or bad they've been doing, you know, and then maybe there's some relevancy there. I don't know, but it just seems strange to hit them of all the different folks you got. And I agree with that. I mean, obviously, you do have something bigger coming down the pipe. Maybe that's pretty much set and they don't need, you know, a larger team for that stuff. But the only thing I could say and could guess at is, you know, we've said it. A lot of the Gearbox published games look really good. Like they're really cool stuff that we would be interested in but they're really small games in a year that is full, just these past two years, flooded with huge games. So maybe they're not getting the ROI that they wanted on it. But I feel like when we first talked about Embracer Group, and I'll spin this into the next thing that obviously I'm going to talk about, I didn't realize that they were such a big thing. Like when we we looked them up, oh, sure, Embracer Group, they, they're over a bunch of European studios. But like it was as soon as they picked up Gearbox, then it was almost like every other week, they bought something else. They bought this, they bought that, they bought this, they bought that. They became this giant umbrella thing. You know, it would feel different if like EA had bought them because that's a big conglomerate that we know of. Mm-hmm. Instead, it was like, oh, a big group's going to fund them, but we didn't realize how big. And then it's gotten bigger. And now this business deal has fallen through. And not only did Gearbox Publishing get hit, but a company that's been near and dear to my heart. For so many years, like almost 20 years, obviously they've been around for 30 years, but I've known them, known them for 20-ish, Volition is now gone. They're gone. They've been shuttered by Embracer Group. After the Saints Row stuff, you know, they just finished up the DLC, the season pass for that, and it was like literally two days after that last piece dropped. The black image with the white text with the Volition logo at the top, and I went, no, damn it. And granted, they weren't around they were underneath Gearbox, you know, from the last restructuring. Mm-hmm. But this is, and I put it on Twitter, this is, for me, what Visceral was for you and EA. Because every time I see Embracer Group, now I'm going to have a scowl on my face. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not going to kick Gearbox to the curb or anything, or oh, I'm never going to play Borderlands 4 because it's under Embracer Group. But I'm going to have that little seed of hate in my heart. Because Volition was an awesome studio, and they put out awesome games, and yet they didn't get a lot of the critical acclaim, especially lately, but 
if you all remember, that critically panned game that people literally make fun of to this day. It was my game of the year last year. It was phenomenal. It was great. The DLCs, the patches, the improvements they've made on it have made the game even better. And now, what's your reward for it? Go sit on a park bench, everybody. 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 The sucks. Yeah, it's a complete shame, and it leads into a bunch of other problems. Like I said, we'll make a topic out of this someday, but if Embracer keeps on hemorrhaging and they can't hold it together, and they just completely shut down, go to, go to the go to the moon and it's all over. I mean, already Volition's gone. What happens with Saints Row? Does that IP ever get seen again by anything or anyone? Maybe, maybe not. If they don't give it to somebody else, it could die forever. And they hold the keys, Matt, to Legacy of Kane. That could just go away and never be. They could they could say, "Nope, we'll just take it with us into the grave." And you can never, you'll never see a Legacy of Kane game again. Will you ever anyway? Probably no. But this will for sure go, and you won't. It's dead. All these IPs are dead and gone. Do I think that'll happen to Gearbox? No, Gearbox will just jump ship and become their own entity again. But some of these other ones and smaller ones and just some of the titles they purchased that they were going to you know, give to the, some of the developers they had, those could all die and never come back. And that's crazy to me. Just insane. And that's the thing that you know when, when you talk about if they ever go under or start shuttering studios, Generic asked me on Twitter, hey, what do you think about Gearbox? I'm like, well, you could never close them because you still need that IP and there's no way Randy would sign that away. Like I know they're over the Metro guys. So I have to assume the Metro guys wrote it into, we still keep our IP, but you know how IPs are. It can just float around in the ether. They can have the rights here, but their contract was for 10 years. So even though they're gone, you still can't make it for another 10 years because it's not written by us. This is why we don't like big companies anymore, just generally in society, because weird stuff like this happens. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound too negative, but this one hit hard. And just like you said, with two possible IPs that could float away, could never be seen again, who knows? It sucks. Yeah, it's a, it's such a bummer. But uh, hopefully things can turn around. It won't be like all doom and gloom for them forever. I guess it remains to be seen for now. But on a bright note, Matt, bright note, yeah. okay, this week. Final Fantasy 16, the big dogs there came out and announced something. And they said, hey, guess what, everybody? We see that you love this game. We wanted to make a complete game for you, and that's what we did. However, with the love and attention that's been coming to you, you know, our way, we had some ideas that we did you know, think about doing but weren't going to, but now we're going to. There's two paid DLCs coming, Matt. And, of course, you know one of them is going to be all about Leviathan. I mean, that was like the obvious one. You know, It's one of the icons that isn't there. It's just it never gets talked about except to say that it's lost, and it's like, well, why is it lost? What happened? Did one did one of them have to sacrifice themselves to get rid of the darkness so the others could escape? What or or is there some other reason? Well, I can guarantee there's some other reason because I'm promising one of those DLCs will be about Leviathan, and the other one, who the hell knows? Everyone's speculating this and that, but the one I the one story I do love is Sid, a prelude. You know, it's all about Sid's life and Sid's adventures, and you play as Sid as the main character, and that. I would get on board with for sure. You got to do an epilogue. One of those has to come with an epilogue. Oh, I would love an epilogue. I mean, it can just be 15-minute gameplay sequence where you wake up on the beach and you go to the island and Jill and Torgal show up at the island and oh, or you're building a house and Jill and Torgal come to the house. Something. Now, I don't think it could be a full DLC because magic's gone and you can't have the same kind of stuff. But with one of those, has to come like a, a Mass Effect 3 style enhanced ending. Something to flesh it out and make it However you want. I don't know. Who knows? Regardless of what happens to Clive, I agree. I, I wholly want an epilogue where you're doing something with characters post the game to kind of flesh out how it came to be, where it was, all that good stuff. Because mm. I feel like the closure isn't 100% there. You know, it was a great game, had a great time with it, and a lot of stuff happened. And then it was just like, and it's done. And you're like, man, wow, okay. I didn't really get to say my goodbyes. I don't I don't feel like I got to really end this. Yeah, you got to have a Final Fantasy 4 or 6 type of ending where you're flying around or, you know, the, the camera's flying around and say, oh, look, in this city, here, they're rebuilding this, and that person's the new leader, and do-do-do-do-do, and life is coming back to this blasted land that you were just in. You know, yeah. something even just simple like that. It's just, here, the world is rebuilding. We know it did because we see the ending thing, but to see it, see it, you know. 
Yeah, and I think that would be perfect. But who knows what they're going to do. And along with those two DLCs, they also released an update that's available as of the day it was talked about where you can transmog your weapons now on Clive. So any sword that you like, you can put on. It'll have the stats of whatever sword's actually equipped. You all know what that means when you say when I say transmog. And they've got alternate outfits now for Torgal, Clive, Jill, Joshua, and I think that's it. But you got alternate costumes now for those characters as well. And then, of course, some other updates, this and that, but none of that's truly important. It's just mainly the transmog and the uh, alternate costumes, both of which are fantastic, neither of which are going to get me go back in the game right at this moment because there's too much to play and too much to do, but awesome nonetheless. And it will be nice when you go back to try and get that platinum. Oh, look, now I can have my favorite sword. My now favorite I can sword. have this cool outfit. Now Torgo looks like this. Now Jill looks mm-hmm. like that. It'll be a lot of fun. And speaking of a lot of fun, we're going to run over because we got to talk about it because we didn't have a chance last week because it happened after the show was recorded and I dropped in a line. But we got to talk about the Super Mario's Wonder Direct because I watched it again today and it made me smile all over again. Everything about this, I'm excited for. Everything, everything, everything. And it sucks because it's coming out like in October, so it's coming out soon. 1020. It's right around the corner. So I'm happy, but I'm sad. Because now i got to finish everything so I can play this. So if you don't know everybody, Super Mario Bros. Wonder is coming out 1020 on the Nintendo Switch. And it is a true-to-form 2D Mario game coming at you. And it looks fantastic, all right? You get to play either solo or with friends, hanging out, having a good time. But unlike the previous titles, you won't be hindering each other. So you no longer can like jump on the characters and kind of ground-pound them and stomp them into oblivion. It acts like they aren't there when you're jumping around now, so you won't, don't have to worry about that. And on top of that, you now also don't have to worry about perks. So each character acts the exact same in this one. Now, you can get a badge, which is a new system coming out, that allows you to change how a character acts. So you can get Peach's long jumps. You can get Mario's stutter jumps. You can get a, just a whole slew of different badges that allow you to do different things with your characters. And that's one of the things I'm most excited about. Because when they talked about badges, they showed it off first. I think it was Daisy in her elephant form, which we'll talk about in a second. And she used like a vine whip, like a grapple hook. She jumped up in the air and, phew, shoot a vine out, grappled to the wall and clung onto it. And I went, oh, Jesus. And then they're showing wall jumps and like a special Mm -hmm. wall jump stage where it's just vertical platforms. No horizontal platforms, no nothing. So you have to wall jump and you're kicking around as Luigi. Oh, my God. I can't wait to use all of these, to get every single one of these, and then go back in every single stage and go, okay, yeah, sure, the dolphin one I'm going to use in the underwater stage. But what about this one in this stage? What about this here and this there? Because they showed all kinds of little tricks and tips and, oh, get up above the screen like you always used to back in the original and flippity-doo and find a little talking flower up there. And I, oh, man, got me so excited. And then on top of that, Matt previously was like, oh, I want this to be really wild. I want there to be really cool gimmicks going on to really kind of change everything up. And they're delivering. So you're like in the flower world and, the, and you go find them. And whenever you get to them, they change that entire world that you're in and how you're playing it. So like in one instance, I saw they hit the, the flower and all of a sudden stars just started dropping from the sky. And it became like this fast paced level where the pipes were moving up and down and you were just constantly getting stars over and over and you had to run as fast as you could. Then they, of course, told you about how it's going to sometimes change the very way you're playing the game itself. So it's like an over top adventure where you're looking down at Mario, all sorts of different cool, fun gimmicks and ways to play the game every time you get one of these stars that's exciting. And you don't know what you're going to get. At least I assume that because I, you know, I haven't played it yet myself, but I assume each time it's going to be a surprise as to what the heck's going on and how it's going to play out. And that's awesome because that's exactly what you were asking for. It's exactly what I thought would be pretty cool too, is just to get a new, new way to play. Absolutely. And just the, the variations on it. Like the first, what we saw was all oh, the pipes are acting kind of weird and all oh, this is kind of this, but then you see Mario blow up like a balloon and now you're playing like a floaty balloon through the stars type of game. Now he's turning into a Goomba. Now he's turning into like a spiked ball and you're rolling around using momentum physics. The top-down, like over-the-top perspective, the Diablo-type perspective, is what completely blew my mind. Like seeing Luigi running around like a... Obviously, we've seen him run in a 3D world before, but going from 2D to 3D in the same like exact experience, it was awesome. I know we've seen that from Odyssey, but that was 3D into 2D, which is different. Mm -hmm. But now you're... Oh, man. It was... 
So good. The power-ups, too, I loved. Yeah, the new power-ups. We talked about the elephant, which is kind of like big overpower version. But what I loved was, you know, as soon as you go in the water, you see his trunk full up, fill up with water. And they showed a little bit of stuff. Oh, I'll carry it over here and spray to put the fire out. But I'm like, that's going to unlock so many damn secrets. The bubble form looked cool. You can go all bubble-bobble. But then, to unlock more secrets, you can bounce off the bubbles. So shoot a bubble, let it float up, do a weird jumpy spin jump, hop off of that, up off the screen again. Same thing with the drill. Use the drill to butt-stomp down, drill onto the ground. But then also, if you have the drill, because it's a drill hat, just jump up into the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And now you can you can roll around under the ground in the ceiling in the drill hat Almost everything they showed, it was like, I can't wait to go off the screen and find every single thing in this entire game. I'm going to be bubbling like through the whole stage. I'm just going to stop and shoot a bubble and try and jump up. Is there something up there? Is there something up there? Every time I got a drill, I'm going to drill down and find a way around, drill up and find a way through. It's great. And then taking a note out of uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, they added in Yoshi in this one, who's like your cheat character. So if you, you want just an easy time where you're not going to die as often, only thing that can kill Yoshi is like the pits and spikes. Other than that, he flutters around with his typical Yoshi kick, does his little fluttering. He doesn't die, doesn't take damage. You're not going to have to worry about anything. All you got to do is have a great time. And then, of course, if you want to backpack somebody, you can have them hop on to Yoshi, and then you can just carry them through the hardest parts and whatnot. So this is great for, like, you know, kid, if you want to play with your kids. You just go as Yoshi, let them do whoever they want to, and then you can kind of backpack them along, and you don't got to worry about really dying anymore either. So you can just experience this game, have a great time, and not worry about, you know, the struggle of the levels being difficult or, you know, anything like that. And two other mechanics that also support that, they showed as you're on the world map, you normally go from area to area, boom, 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 doing the stages in order, but then they hit a spot where the stages were this wide open zone. And you just run freely through it. Oh, man, I tried the first one, and there was a lot of caterpillars. I couldn't get it. It was really hard. Oh, since you're in the wide open zone, just walk to the next one. Just go to the next one in order. Just do it however, whatever order you want. At the end of it, it was like you have to have this many seeds to unlock and then go back, continuing through the world map. So in theory, you probably don't even need to clear all those stages. Just get enough to open up the end stage and keep moving. And you're talking about playing co-op. You're talking about playing online. When you're playing co-op and you die, if your friend or partner is still alive, you turn into a ghost. If they touch you, you come right back to life. And it works in online because you see the shadows of other real players. And they can put standees up. So right before a hard jump, you fall in the lava, you die, you turn into a ghost, you touch the standee, you're back. Wow. It's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and just the interaction online was a very big surprise to me. I didn't think it was going to happen at all. There was all this speculation that they weren't going to do it, and I would, have, I would have believed it. And you know, Nintendo does weird things, but this pulled through, and it really sounds like fun. I, so how I'm going to play? You know, I'm doing the level myself, but there can be other people in there doing, you know, shadowing, doing their own thing. But like you said, they can help me out if they see me in trouble, or I can just ignore them, and they can ignore me, and we just go on about our own adventure. It's a win-win, really, to me. So I can't wait. I'm definitely in. Can't wait to play this one. It it looks truly fantastic and awesome. And last thing on the online bit, you have the little heart rating. So if you're helping out people, you get more hearts. It reminds me of the likes from Death Stranding, where you put up a really good ladder, you put up a really good bridge, and everybody uses it. You get more likes because they like that you did it. You put your standee up. You res a bunch of people that you don't even know, people you never see again. But they use your standee. You get some likes. It's an interesting little little thread that connects all the different players I can't wait for this. I, I watched this, and I immediately went and pre-ordered it. I can't wait to play it. It looks like everything I could want from a 2D Mario game, and a bunch of things I didn't know that I needed, but I definitely want. Indeed. Oh, so much, Matt. As we always talk about, so many games to play, so much to do, but it's great to have the news. It's great to be playing these games right now and having so much more to look forward to. What a week. What a month. What a year. It's glorious. It absolutely is glorious. So what about you out there in podcast listener land? Let us know what you're playing. Are you in Baldur's Gate? Are you in Starfield? Are you in Sea of Stars? Are you in something else that we didn't even cover? Can you not wait for Super Mario Brothers Wonder? Or do you have any kind of other thoughts, questions, comments, concerns? If you just want to say hi, hit us up at the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com. On the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Hit up the Discord, the Patreon, the Twitch. Hit up my house. I don't care. Ring the doorbell. There's no doorbell. Just knock on the door. Ding dong. 
dong. And while you're dinging and donging over there, you can head over to Patreon, where it's a little old tip jar. You like what you hear, like what we're doing. Consider throwing a buck, two bucks, three bucks. Get a whole bunch of bucks in there, and you'll be watching a couple extra shows, having a good time with us. And if you can't do that, I get it. I understand. You can, though, go ahead and give us mailbag questions, suggestions for the show. Talk to us in any other way, shape, or form, including that on Discord, which we've been having some awesome, fun conversations over there. So make sure you get on the old Discord and hop in there with us. We'd love your company over there. Or, guess what? So it's five-star ratings. Told you about them. iTunes has them. Spotify has them. Consider those. Those help us out. Make us feel good. Make us feel great. Get us up in the, the little ratings and the marks and the, in the little computer jib-jabs. You know what I'm saying? Gets us up there. Do the thing. Make us happy. And make us happy by listening to the very next episode, which will be dropping on or around the 14th of September on iTunes and Stitcher, on Poppy, and on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing and like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do, just like we appreciate those five-star reviews, folks. The summer's coming to an end. We need you to get out there with that last bit of the sunlight you're going to get and use that energy to give us some five-star ratings, folks. Help us help you. We appreciate it very, very much. And with that, there's nothing else to say but... Sit down.